The scripture reading this morning can be found on page uh, 785 in the Pew Bible. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, which are commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. <clears throat> when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, let your spirit be among us this day as we hear your old, old word again and hear it anew for these days and for our times. Oh God, be within the walls of this faith community. You who have walked faithfully with us in the past, who walk with us now and will walk with us in the days ahead. O oh God, be with us this day. Open us up, our ears, our hearts, and our minds. Amen. And so again from that text, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them. Friends, how many things in this, our world, have survived, have essentially stayed the same for 335 years, for more than 10 generations, have carried on through war and peace, through economic booms and economic struggles, through good times and bad times and all times? There are so few things in this life that can claim such an inheritance, a legacy, and yet this day, by God's grace, we are the heirs of that gift, of this our pilgrim church that was first gathered together just up the hill from here in 1685. You know, I think it's amazing to consider this truth, the gift of this faith community. We who read from the same holy book as did our forebears, who, like them, still seek to follow this person and this divine one called Jesus Christ, who still try our best to be in community, to serve each other, to serve the world, and to live the best we can as Christians, and to make this world a little better and a little more loving and a little more gentle. And yet so much, of course, has changed since 1685. We've journeyed so far. We've morphed from a community of farmers to a community of suburbanites and commuters. 
We now live in a republic and are no longer subject to the whims of a faraway king. We've set aside horses for cars. We are connected to the rest of the world through a handheld device that with a tap and a swipe offers us access to more information than ever before in human history. My God, how this world has changed. And so, friends, I believe on a regular basis the church is called by God to adapt, to retain the essentials and the good of what makes us God's people for all time, and then to figure out with God and each other how to best serve this new world that we live in and the people that God has brought to us to serve in the name of Jesus. Friends, that's what the 2020 team has been hard at work thinking about and praying about and talking to all of us about and working with God for the past two years. Where God is calling us in 2020 to continue to serve in faithfulness and to serve this changed and changing world. The report which we created and will discuss and vote upon today, this, we hope, is the very beginning of our journey, not the end. So I think that all journeys need rules for the road and guidelines for how we are to go with each other. So this morning, as your pastor, I'd like to offer a few ideas about how we might best walk with each other and Jesus Christ as pilgrims in the days and years ahead. Number one, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, God always goes with us. And God actively works through us to bring us on this journey. It's tempting to imagine in this life that everything is up to us. Right? Can I get an amen for that? That we alone have to do all the work. That we alone have to face whatever challenges lie on the road ahead. That we are solo. That it is all up to us. And that while God is a really good cheerleader, God doesn't really intervene in this life or show us the way, or change us, or change things, or change reality, or does God? Friends, God is going to be at work with and in us as we become the church and the people that God wants us to be. And I believe this with all of my heart and my soul. I would not be in the Christianity business otherwise. God is alive. God is going to do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves that we cannot even imagine. But we have to trust this truth. Do you hear that? We have to trust that God is with us every single step of the way and that it's not all up to us and that we are ultimately not in charge. God is. Two, the place we are going as church is nothing like the place that we have been. It's kind of like the Israelites when they left Egypt and they set out for a land. They were not sure where it would be or what it would be like. It's kind of like our forebears at Pilgrim Church who in 1830 left the church up the hill and walked down here and decided to build their own church with no idea about what laid ahead for them. Friends, in all times, it's essentially impossible to know the future. Now, today I want to remember a church member named David Sorter. He was such a good man. He and Rosemary moved into this church and community sometime in the 1960s. And so after I got here, I asked David uh, what it was like in the church 
And he told me about one of the first Sundays that he came here. He sat in the pew and he looked over and there was a bucket on the pew next to him to catch the water leaking through holes in the roof. Can you imagine that? And yet in less than a generation, Dave and his fellow members, they worked with God and they turned this into a thriving and alive church. Can you imagine that? But they had to have faith especially because they did not know where the world and God would take them. Number three, embrace mystery. So I like spontaneity and the unpredictability of life, just as long as I know exactly what is coming. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Friends, life is a mystery. We cannot know what is to come. We are not supposed to know what is to come. We can accept and embrace this truth and be excited about it, or we can insist that we have to know what is coming. But that's not faith. Faith is not about a known outcome or some human guarantee, because life is always a mystery, and God only knows, and I pray that we can be okay with that. Number four, as we walk together and talk about our church, I pray that we will remember that each of us possesses only partial truth when it comes to the whole truth. Do you hear that? I only know a little, and you only know a little. And so we need to talk with each other and listen to finally get to God's truth, to the truth, whatever that might be. You know, right now in our country and world, it feels as if so many folks are convinced that they absolutely have the whole truth and the only truth and the one truth. But that's not how life works or is supposed to be. None of us contains within us the whole of the human condition. I need to hear from you, and you need to hear from me, and together we can find those answers. Number five, as we think about where God is calling Pilgrim Church, let us take our mission and our work very seriously, that which we seek to do, but let us not take ourselves too seriously. You know, I had a spiritual director once who was always telling me, Mr. Serious, Mr. Self-Important, Mr. Stoneface, that was my nickname in seminary, Reverend Stoneface, he was always telling me to lighten up, to lighten up, as in L-I-G-H-T-E-N, We need to laugh and to use humor and humility as that which binds us all together. To be light, to be God's light. Number six, we serve a very spiritually hungry world now, maybe more hungry than ever before. A world and people that are seeking purpose and hope and unity and meaning in this life. So even though we are trying to figure out how to do church and how to be church, we should not doubt at all that what we offer the world as God's people, values to live by and love for all people and a commitment to making the world a better place for God. Friends, the world desperately needs to hear this message in 2020 and beyond. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. It's, it's I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I just feel like the world is a spiritually hungry and often impoverished place. And God provides the food, and we need to deliver that to people. 
Number seven, let us be deeply grateful to God for all the ways that God is so alive at Pilgrim Church right now. You know, in the 2020 report, it might be tempted to see it as just a list of problems or challenges, but we also need to name all the ways that our work is vital right now in service to others like Family Promise and the Miracle on Main Street and Pine Street Inn and Salvation Army and thriving youth groups and a staff that is so committed to this place and very generous givers and dedicated leaders and our core values that make us us welcome and service and Christian education and worship and community. We are alive, and thus we want to do what we need to do to carry on in vitality. Number eight, our task is to be excited about the future and not just anxious or worried. The Lord has yet more light and truth to break forth. Can anyone name who said that? Where's Peg? Peg here? Okay. Those were the words of Pastor John Robinson to the pilgrims as they set off from the Netherlands in 1619. As pilgrims in 2020, our call is to look to the days ahead with courage, not fear, with hope, not worry, with a sense of adventure, not dread, and a belief that God is at work among us in all that we do. And in nine, in all things, we go with each other. You know, the best road trip is always about traveling together and supporting with each other and picking each other up when we fall and encouraging each other and praying for each other and watching out for the best interests of each other. A trip to a place unknown is always less scary when we remember that we walk with each other, that we are all in this amazing enterprise called church together. In community. And finally, number 10 in our rules of the road, God goes with us. I know that also was rule number one, but we need to remember this twice. This is not some human enterprise. It is God at work among us and in the world. Our work to move as pilgrims into tomorrow is about trusting in the God who goes ahead of us and leads the way and will be with us no matter what. And so our pilgrimage always continues and always begins. I thank God that we have God, that we have each other, that we have God's word, that we have an amazing God-blessed church, and that God is good. God is good. So let's go. Let all God's pilgrims say, Amen.